This holiday season, we all wish for hope and healing. Children and families who spend their holidays at the hospital deserve a reason to believe in first steps, in giggles, high fives, and hugs. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided world-class care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to help patients and healthcare heroes this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org slash holiday. That's childrensnational.org slash holiday. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. That long day behind you, good times lie ahead. With company worth keeping, that'll bash a smile on your head. Come on in, the doors open, you'll find just the finest folks here. Pull up a chair, grab a drink, and letting our stories your ear. Cause we're the talk, talk, talk the tavern. Here you're always welcome. The talk, talk, talk the tavern. Promising beer and bed love. The talk, talk. Music, medicine, then some to talk, talk, talk the tavern. The song's over. Here we come. Boy, Cogsley was really skipping when he was singing the opening music tonight. Okay, uh, tonight, folks, we're going to be talking about things like uh, um, entertaining eateries. We're going to talk about entertaining eateries. And then, mm-hmm. uh, oh, right, disclaimer, that's what we want. So, welcome to Talk of the Tavern. I want to let everybody know uh, we drink, smoke, swear, etc. Adult show. Also, for everybody watching us live on twitch.tv slash Travis Tavern Talk, we are recording a podcast, which means we may not answer and reply to all the stuff in the chat, but we'll definitely read off the most entertaining and or relevant, but both is better. For those of you listening via podcast on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Apple, and so on, we have a live audience via chat who can respond to us, throw sounds, and do other silly things during the show. They're a part of the live broadcast. And that's at twitch.tv slash Travis Tavern Talk. Okay, good enough. I am author and host Travis Sivart. I am uh, working on my latest Silver and Smith cyberpunk type novels and uh that's me let's introduce our our foreigner guest <laughs> it's i think he speaks some english uh, i speak a little old chap yes just occasionally good evening ladies and gentlemen i greet you with the felicitations of this late evening and the queen's finest english i'm kevin the host's english show guest this evening <laughs> uh, i am Hello. Uh, I shall be drinking this evening uh, exceptionally strong Nescafe Gold Blend coffee because uh, I've been up for a stupid amount of hours because uh, I'm prepping to reopen from the UK's second lockdown on Wednesday morning. Uh, and I will be smoking hand-rolled drum tobacco, uh, which is dark in colour, much like the gentleman I take great pleasure in passing over to our third host tonight. How are you, Ed? Hey, folks. Damn, I thought he was never going to shut up. Uh, Damn, no. I'm he, here. He is I'm British. here. I'm drinking wine. The show must go on. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 
So what's everybody else's vices tonight? My vices tonight is I've got a nice uh, Henry McKenna bourbon. It's a low-end bourbon, but good. And let's see, the tobacco I'll be smoking is a vanilla Cavendish tonight in my pipes. So let's do a toast here. Do either of you gentlemen have a toast or shall I call upon Cogsley? Call upon Cogsley. Let's see what he's got. <laughs> Very good. Um, but, uh, let's see what Cogsley's got. I, I think I just love it when Cogsley comes up with a quote because you never know what he's going to say. And for those of you that don't know, that that's our barkeep. And uh, let's see. Tonight he says, uh, when you get home from the theme park, it's the ride you remember, not the wait in line. So, here's to that. Okay. Sure. Ed sounds doubtful about that. Here, here's the one for me. Since <laughs> I just completed a novel and sent it to the editor, and I'm starting a new one. Here's to uh, finishing what you started, and may it actually bring some kind of goddamned returns with it. I'll drink to that for you. You, you deserve it. Mm. I'll buy the next round. Okay, so tonight's speaking topic. of buying the next round. Speaking of buying the next round, don't we have merchandise available somewhere? I am so glad you mentioned that. I was going to totally skip over it. Uh, see, this is why I need co-hosts. Uh, okay, guys, don't forget to check out the other podcasts that we have on all the major distributors and a lot of the middle grade and, and lower ones also. Stealing for Survival is the tabletop role-playing game fantasy adventure. It takes place in the world of my books. And you can find those books at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Travis Books. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Travis Books. And then also uh, Write Night, where me and a couple authors get together and talk about the creative process, technical, and everything else. Other than that, yeah, go check out our merch. I want to do this right here for you guys, the merch command which you can go to bit.ly, again, bit.ly slash tavernmerch or slash tavernmerch2, the number two, because the first store is T-shirts and mugs and stickers. The second store is pint glasses for the tavern, including all the different podcasts. So that's pretty exciting. Kevin, thank you for reminding me of that with the pot. Pint glasses, that's something new I did this week. So much appreciated, sir. Now My on pleasure, to the topic. Sir. Now on to the topic. We're only a few minutes into the show. We got plenty of time to cover this. So tonight, entertaining eateries. I want to talk about anytime you go out to eat where there is some sort of form of entertainment. Now in chat when I mentioned this. Somebody should shout it out, booby bars. Yes, that would apply. We could talk about buffets at titty bars. We could talk about Chuck E. Cheese, which also, if you do it right, you could see some titties there too because there's a lot of horny moms and fat dads. Either way, there could be titties. Ah, Ed, do you remember the days of them showing moobs? Yes. Oh, let's not go back to that. I think Jonathan... Back in the radio show days. Yep. Yeah, Jonathan says live music at pubs. Good one. Um, Japanese... That's the one thing I... What's that, Kev? I'm really missing that. At the moment, it's banned under the current rules. We're not allowed to have live music because we're not allowed to have anything that performs at a volume that might impair us from verbally passing on accurate COVID restriction guidelines. 
Put your fucking mask on. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, uh, if you go to a Japanese restaurant where they cook at the table, if you go to a fondue place where they bring the stuff out, chop it up, drop it in the hot oil, and blah, blah, blah. If you go to a bar that's on the beach and they flip the bottles around and pour the drinks and put the lit up ice cubes in it, possibly cruise ships could often be considered entertaining eateries because of the way they present things with the huge carvings on the tables. So this is what I want to talk about tonight. I want to just talk about experiences we've had with these, things we'd like to see, or things we just never want to see again. For example, if I went to a titty bar and it was all fat, hairy men dancing, that would not be something I would want to see again. Hey, come on. We got to make a living, too. Yeah, I know, but I got tired of them putting the nickels in my ass. They weren't even nickel bags. They were just nickels. <laughs> at, at least if it was nickel bags, I could have smuggled it to a different country once they got them up there. <laughs> or in the U.S., so, well, a different state. Okay. So, um, Kevin, you've worked in a lot of different restaurants. Don't, don't say it like that. Like I'm a man who can't hold a fucking job down. <laughs> <laughs> you let me, said it, let's not re- us. Let's rephrase that too. I am a professional <laughs> hotelier and former three rosette chef with 24 years experience in the field. Yes. What was your question? You've worked at a lot of different <laughs> restaurants in 24 years. All right, years. motherfucker. Yeah. It's uh, uh, right. I've lost a question now. I have no idea what I wanted here. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, right. Kind of shit have you seen? When you go out and you see somebody, where where do you go for a different dining experience that's more than just a restaurant? By the way, we can include dinner theater in here too. I'd be more inclined to go for something along the lines of dinner theatre than I would to go specifically for food showmanship. Mm-hmm. Partly because I suppose, I suppose you could say I'm a bit numb to it. You know, having worked in the profession for years, it's kind of the seen it, done it. It's not new to me. It doesn't hold the the thrill of first seeing someone do that in front of you. And I possibly, well, like, in some what, circumstances, what, can do it anyway, and possibly even better. But what things um, have you? Seen? Can you hear me okay? Yeah. You might want to check your volume on Discord, too, just so we know you're getting across here. Um, so not your volume, but everybody else's. So what have you seen that you've seen at all? What sort of things have you seen? I mean, flambe is always popular setting fire to stuff crepe suzette stuff like that because people like flame and theater like that and it's something where you can feel the heat um there was a massive trend for a while with the whole volcanic steakhouse thing where they gave you a hot rock and you cook your own steak on the, the rock in front of yourself which i'm like why am i paying you money to come here and cook my own fucking steak that sounds I've come to a how do you clean that they're smooth surface things. They heat them up to a high temperature in an oven. It's basically like being given a small piece of ceramic worktop, you know, and they give you a little brush with some oil and, you know, it's, 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 um, it's, it's a dying trend now. 
No, sorry, no, I, I didn't mean that specifically. What I was saying was what you were talking about in food theatre, and by that, I, and by that, I mean a performance involving the creation of the actual food itself, right. you know, rather than something alongside of a meal. It it's becoming a, a dying trend at the moment because of this impetus on on speedier, faster service, higher turnovers, mm. you know, table flipping. Um, it, back in the day, fine dining especially, which is where you were more inclined to find that level of performance, if you like, and, that, and also that level of, of skill of the catering staff involved, um, was something that not so many people did. And so that atmosphere was one where People were paying high money, you know, you could afford to employ somebody whose job was just to stand there and pour alcohol into a pan and make pancakes look pretty by setting them on fire for six hours a day. You know, you can't do that with today's modern stuff. Your waiters are too busy bussing and running and taking orders and doing whatever to, to be able to put on that kind of stuff. Isn't um, that the we, philosophy that a lot of restaurants have over, you know, quantity over quality, though? Wouldn't the showmanship be slow down, take it easy, and the other ones are rush, 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 get them in, get them out? Uh, it can be. I mean, people these days are very food orientated, far more than they used to be. You know, so the showmanship added an element to it, the, the, the same as the cutlery and the table settings and all of the formality of dining. It was all designed to create the impression or, or to actually create a situation that was something above sitting down at your own table at home. That's a good point. You know, there were fine there were fineries, there were rules, there were there were different cutleries and implements and strange table ornaments and, and devices and curious things you probably would never bother with at home that added a sense of drama and of theatre to the meal that added to the experience. Ritual. These days people are a lot more that yes, exactly. People now are very focused on what is on the plate we, we live in the instagram age of food <laughs> where everybody's obsessed with the look with the first flavor impact with the you know people care about the sourcing of their ingredients we have all the dietary concerns the focus has turned very much inwards on what's on the plate and less on the the drama of the dining setting and there are obviously uh, still high-end restaurants but also now a lot more accessible level restaurants that are attempting to emulate that well, finer dining let me style. Ask you this. And I think it, yeah. With COVID, of course, we've lost a lot of our dining experience across the board, except for fucking fast food. <clears throat> That's still here. <clears throat> but, you know, I mentioned Chuck E. Cheese. I'm wondering, I have no clue what strip clubs, anybody know what strip clubs are doing at all right now? Are they even open? Are they allowed? Are they dancing like, yeah, you could take your panties off and show me your asshole, but keep a mask on, please. What's going on with them? Um, <clears throat> but Kevin, once... I, I believe you. I believe you can enjoy a stripper before ten o'clock, provided you're wearing a mask and she's served with a substantial meal. <laughs> so, Kevin, let me ask you this: as a, a restaurateur, if you will, when Things come back. Hey, there's Jewel, an anonymous cheer throwing the bits. Thank you so much for that. Hey. That. Um, when things start to come back, Kevin, and Ed, you too, of course, mm -hmm. what would you like to see 
what trend would you like to go away? What would you like to come back? What would you like to see never again? And anywhere from, which, by the way, you pointed out a great thing here, Kevin. You mentioned <clears throat> fine dining. Fine dining was a form of entertainment all in of itself. It was going in for the ritual and experience, as Kevin pointed out, of something you couldn't experience at home. Now, that's been mm -hmm. taken to other levels with the flambe and the cook on a fucking hot rock. Um, Benny Hanna with the, you know, let me chop and throw shrimp into my hat. And they're all have their own value in entertainment, even Chuck E. Cheese and strip clubs. Uh, Jewel says, we just took the stripper on vacation with us. I, I don't even know what that means. But cool. I, I am very curious. <laughs> so, um, what do you think, Kevin and Ed? What What do you want to see come back? Um, I'd like. Go sorry, ahead. go on, Ed. No, 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 no. Sorry, I've spoken enough. So, <laughs> you go first. <laughs> well, something that you were saying, um, and Travis was just re reiterating it. Some here, the fine dining experience has been lost in in favor of making it quicker, making it faster. Yeah. Um, there, there has to, for me, there has to be a balance there. I, I love that fine dining experience feeling like I am experiencing something I'm not going to experience at home, but in this, in the same boat there, I also want my food to taste better than it does at home. And yeah. that's what I find is lacking a lot. The food when I go out doesn't taste better than I can make at home. So I pretty much don't go out anymore unless it's to grab a quick sandwich, and I know that's going to suck. So, if I can pass a quick mm -hmm. message on to all restauranteurs, restaurateurs, people who have restaurants, salt is not the only seasoning. Please pull back on True. that. True. Yeah. If you have True. less salt, you actually—I realize it enhances flavors, but if you cook with no salt at all, all those other flavors come out even more than they do with salt. Um. By the way, Jonathan in chat just said, I'd love in-restaurant entertainment to come back. I don't know if that means those little phones on the table that you can call the other one, the little teeny jukebox <laughs> on the table that you could play music, or just that chick dancing so you can get a pube in your drink. Jonathan, you want to define that a little more? Um, Ed, go on with your fine dining experience. You were done? I finished that. Kevin, what were you going to say about that? What would you like to see? Or what would you like to never see again? That's valid, too. Because mm. um, I know I'd like to question. never see children in restaurants again. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that. We, yeah, no, see, I, I get where you're coming from. And, no, I, and if you want that kind of experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm the exact opposite. I think... The thing is that a lot of parents, and I understand it because I've done it myself. I am a parent. For those of you who don't know, I've got two of my own. They're fully grown now. Well, grown enough. They're independent. I've stopped caring about them. I mean, worrying about them now. Um, <coughs> parents do have a tendency to go towards quick, simple, easy options. Or I know they'll eat that, so it'll be no hassle. So I'll take them there or I'll buy them that, you know, for the sake of convenience. I think kids should be taken out for restaurant dining experiences agree, more actually. often because they grow up with not only a better understanding of food, but a better appreciation of it. 
a kid that's been given a wide palate early on is much less likely to a become a fussy eater. No, my and only B, complaint eat like shit when they're older is not as much with the kids. The result are the kids. I want to treat mm-hmm. the cause, not the symptom. The children are a symptom right. of not being told no, not having a level of expectation of behavior, and that's I all. Asked- yeah, there, all... there I agree with you. I, I do have to say, and it sounds slightly snobbish, but it is true. Oh. If you are talking about someone that markets itself or is known as being an upper class or slightly finer dining establishment, right? don't go along, get shit-faced, make a ruckus, let the kids run in and out of the tables. You know, it, it, there is a certain element of respect implied I, I don't from care the customer if you're in at, exchange for the experience. I don't care if you're at Waffle House at two in the morning. Your children shouldn't behave that way. And by the way, if I may, I, mate, if I'm mate, if I'm at Waffle House at two in the morning, I don't care either. <laughs> That's true. Um, I had Jonathan to clarify. He says whether it's a pianist, small music group, shitty karaoke. Andrea says I love shitty karaoke. That's fun to watch. Here's what I'm going to tell you guys: I do shitty karaoke right here. Where the fuck were you? <laughs> um. <laughs> And Andrea also says, if you take kids and show them the proper way to dine, manners mostly. And that's what I think, Kevin, I don't necessarily want to get off on that tangent for a long time. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you teach your kids at home, which means not always eating in front of the TV, teaching them how to use a knife and fork um, at a certain point in time in their dexterous <laughs> growth. You know, <coughs> Some kids at 15 can't use a fucking knife because they're a clumsy little fucker. On the other hand, some kids at five can. So it all depends on knowing your child and start at home, level of expectation when you're out, moving on from there. Um, what do you never want to see again in a restaurant, Kevin? And Ed, also you, but more so Kevin because he's a fucking restaurant whore. <coughs> I mean, restaurant tour. Sorry. Both. Um I don't know if there's anything really that I'd say I don't want to see again. I I support all of the sort of attempts by the the food and crea- and restaurant industry to be creative and to show off and to deliver that element of something a little bit extra, a little bit elevated to the customer. Like Ed said, you know, you want to feel that experience when you go out. And and Ed made an excellent valid point as well. Get the fucking food right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, or it's make you know, it taste good. It's pointless putting. A, it's pointless making. It's pointless making posters, designing an amazing stage, hiring hundreds of dollars worth of lighting <laughs> equipment, and then hiring a shit bunch of actors who can't remember a script. You build from the basics upwards. Restaurants stand on plates. So. You know what though? Speaking of can't remember a script, I really do like dinner theater. I don't like the fucking food there. Usually, it's like eating at the school cafeteria. <laughs> Okay, so we we believe in this at uh, the place where I work at the moment. Um, and so several times a year, we have some sort of big key events where we actually bring in a professional company that we work with quite a bit. Uh, and they provide themed dining experience evenings. So we'll put on uh, a three-course menu at a set price, but incorporated into the dining experiences. They'll be down in our big function hall. We've got like a big ballroom-sized function room. Uh, and in there, we have all the nice big formal dining tables set up, and we we go to a lot of expense to sort of you know dress the entire room for the theme of the evening. And we have everything from uh, I, I'm assuming 
you guys, since it's a sort of British comedy standard, you guys are familiar with Faulty Towers. I am. Yeah, John Cleese playing the, the really? Mad Hotelier. Ed, uh, do you like 1960s no. comedies? Now add the British twist. Oh, really? <laughs> hey, did so it, it's fairly well known. Um, there's also um, I feel hurt. So they they do a they do a faulty towers night. Basically, the the cast come along and they're sort of lookalikes, if you like, or as near as damn it to, to the original series. Do you play John? And Cruise? they reenact. No, I don't. No, the comment's been made before, and in fact, oh, yeah, the guy sure. who plays uh, the guy who plays Basil and I are on video on a staff page somewhere. Sorry to interrupt. Exciting no, stuff ahead. here. Flaming Bird, your friend, said, uh, "Just so you know, a themed dinner eve uh, dinner evening is on my to do list." So that sounds like, uh, yeah, you get to do a silly walk all the way in the door. <laughs> Um, a couple other things said since I pulled it away from Kevin. Thank you for stopping for a moment there, Kevin. Uh, Flaming Bird also says, I've watched grown adults eat a roast dinner with their hands before now. I never want to see that again. Much rather have live music. Thanks. Flaming Bird, here in the U.S., chicken on the bone is acceptable to eat with your hands, even if it's roasted. Not necessarily in fine dining situations, but in most dining situations it's a finger food and i'm curious if it's the same where you're at um there was comments on teaching your children to respect servers don't disrespect the bartenders when you spend your send your seven-year-old to get your uh, whiskey neat from the bar always be nice to people handling your food drinks etc because they can fucking spit in it you moron uh jewel says last thing i want to do is see entitled parents pandering to their spoiled undisciplined crotch goblins and I think that's Crotch a term. It's an amazing phrase. It is. It is. And crumb snatchers. I like that phrase too. Uh, Gary, hello. Good to see you. Thank you for swinging in. Oh my what God. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did my a little bit of flamboyance suddenly came out of me. Flaming Bird replied to my question of if it was like roast chicken or roast beef. Nope. This was mashed potatoes, gravy, and vegetables. The fuck? Maybe they dropped their spoon. Yeah, you just beat them with a rolled up newspaper and make them leave the fucking building and hand them a doggy bag and ask for their credit card. I don't care if you're in KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, who's changing their name, by the way. Or no, they're changing their lo slogan of finger licking good. Um, yeah, no, don't eat your mashed potatoes and gravy with vegetables, you goddamn fucking barbarian. No, barbarians have better manners. They at least clean their goddamn meal before eating it. Ah. <laughs> Got a new watch this week, guys. It's very nice. I'm very happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Somebody else ask a question. I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> well, okay. You asked me earlier what don't I want to see. I'll tell yeah. you what I would like to see. What's that? I'd like to see a return to more open kitchens and what they used to call chef's tables. Mm -hmm. What's that um, mean? You familiar with that concept? No. Mm -hmm. so, so it's where there's a, there is a dining table set up in the heart of the kitchen. And for an extra fee on top of your, the, it's normal, the food is all the normal prices, but normally if you're paying for it, there's normally only one, obviously because of space restrictions. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's normally a maximum of four people. And they used to be situated in the kitchen 
at a side or you know somewhere where you can see what's going on without getting in the way of the staff working and you actually get to watch the chefs at work during a service and the chefs give you extra little amuse bouches and they'll wander over and chat to you about the food and you get just approach the past Mm -hmm. what you cook does the kitchen staff behave like the kitchen staff normally behaves when there's a chef's table because they're Fuck a no. sweary bunch of motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I'm okay that, with I worked, that. I worked as a chef in one place that had a chef's table. And you do, you'll get customers come in. And they're all sort of, when they first come in, it's, they're almost sit like, you know, even though you're feet away from them and nowhere near them, they sat like this, paranoid that they're going to be in the way somehow. That'd Three drinks in, they're like, Thought you lot swore more. Come on, just relax. Be yourselves. You're like, no, you, you, you don't want that. You don't. Now go on, be yourself. No, you, you really don't want that. And then by the end of the evening, you've turned the air so blue that they have to cut it with a knife to make their way out of the door. So. See, I've worked <laughs> in a lot of restaurants. You're not the only restaurant whore here. Um, I started <laughs> yeah, you in know rest- where I'm coming from. Well, I've started in restaurants at age 14. I've worked in five-star restaurants, which in the U.S., that's the cap. Um <clears throat> but yeah, I don't, oddly enough, I, you know, maybe I knew about chef's tables at one point in time. And, and Jewel just said Disney offered that mm-hmm. at one point in time. And Andrea says, I hope but, they behave like no one is watching. But no, they do have to put a certain reserve into it, no matter how much the customers say, no, nah, it won't be a problem. First time you dropped the wrong word. <laughs> they said a word I don't like. This, this, there's two reasons I really like the concept. The mm-hmm. first is that it gives um, people an opportunity to see something that genuinely is unique. Yeah. Because you can't have – it's, it's not a situation where you've got multiple tables. You've normally got one table, mm-hmm. one sitting over the, the course of that service. <laughs> um, so it's it's coming back to Ed's comment earlier and, and what we've said already, you know, this, this kind of feeling of it being something unique, an experience that you can't get at home. But also being up close and being in a professional kitchen, I always say front of house staff should always go and work a kitchen shift and every chef should go behind the bar and go and take orders for a Mm -hmm. day just so you appreciate the other person's job. The same goes for chefs and customers. So many people have never, ever put their head behind a professional kitchen door. Seen it on the movies, you think you know what it looks like. You've never actually been there and watched people. Let alone all these fucking cooking shows. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided exceptional care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to give children and healthcare heroes a reason to believe this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org slash holiday. Now with the chefs yelling at people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not just the, it's not all about the comedy and the banter and the swearing, the speed. I've seen kitchen teams that look like professional ballet when right. the shit's hitting the fan and the oh, orders yeah. are slamming yeah. onto the past. Then you there's know, that one fucking order. like this while other people are ducking under. And then there's that one order sitting it. up there for seven minutes and people are like, why isn't this out yet? Other waiters, <laughs> the cooking staff, everybody's like, why is this still... Where do... It gets to seven minutes and 32 seconds and a stew chef has thrown himself onto a sous vide somewhere, you know. Well, actually, usually that's because somebody's like, I'm not done with my salad yet. Just keep it warm for me. It's usually what it is. Or the person stepped out for a smoke break and got laid. What? Just keep my blue steak warm for me, please. 
Right. How much do you cringe <laughs> when they order well done? How much? Honestly, inside, I die a little every time still now. <laughs> but on the outside, you learn to go, whatever, they paid the money. Yeah, at the end of the day, you, you have to bear that in mind as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a brilliant story. I love it. It's uh, There's a British comedian called Mickey Flanagan, and he went to one of Gordon Ramsay's restaurants. And uh, he ordered his meal. And then when it came out, he asked the waitress if he could have some tomato ketchup. Oh, my God. And he said, and he said, he said she looked at him like he was an animal. He said that she went off and she came back from the kitchen with this tiny little ramekin of tomato sauce, put it down on the table and went to go. And he went, one moment, picked the ramekin up and went, that's good. I'll have a bottle, please. <laughs> <laughs> then what do you do with the bottle? <laughs> well, I presume he used it on his meal, but yeah. Just... <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah, the, the, the point is, it's it, the customer is paying for the meal. Yes, you kind of have a right to dictate the aesthetic of your restaurant you have, but it's yeah. a service industry you, you never lose sight of the fact that you're there to provide a service to your customer and not the other way around i think we bitch more about that for two reasons first of all we realize how much flavor is lost the longer you cook a piece of beef yeah um second of all it's just fun to bitch about something i don't think we actually care all that damn much we're just sad they're not I'm, experiencing yeah, the full flavor and uh Having a good time with not, that. I don't care. Not, I just think the individual is an idiot. That's all. I, but I don't right, care. and that's fair. <laughs> I think that's fair, yeah. I'm not like the like fucking Krampus of steak. I don't have a hit list of people who <laughs> pissed me off over the years. Oh, well done, steak, sir. Name and phone number. You are, are you pissed. sure? You don't mind <laughs> if I take out his credit card number because I'm hacking into your shit. Would, would, would I tell you if I did? One of these days, it's going to be like my version of Michael Douglas is falling down and just going to snap one day and the list will come out. Cattle prod and a branding iron. Jewel says, Jamin wants to know why it's always a sous chef. Aren't other tribes allowed? I'm sorry. For the non-Americans in the room, let me explain. <laughs> I I told Andrea for Thanksgiving we should post pictures of uh people just bitching about fucking foreigners. Take your foreigner holiday back to your home country and leave us alone here. <laughs> we don't want to hear about your foreign holidays. Just because modern Americans bitching about immigrants and whatnot. Anyhow. To be clear for the dumb people. Oh, thank you, John. Is in a little rib shot there. Thank you very much. I'm sure that was for the sous chef, though. Um, yeah, a real well-run bar is awesome. So we mentioned dinner theater and Chuck E. Cheese. Somebody, I think it was Jonathan in chat, mentioned um, Medieval Times. Now, Kevin, I don't know mm -hmm. if you know what this is. Are you familiar with these? Medieval Times, yeah. I live on the Isle of Wight. We've only just progressed out of them. Yeah, there we go. I'm going to explain for the foreigners and the people who aren't sure what this is. I just love calling a Brit the foreigners. By the way, Kevin, we watched Hamilton in the past X week. 300. Have you seen this yet? Have. Do you love King George or what? <laughs> How great was he? <laughs> um, but anyhow, moving on from that, um, 
Medieval Times is basically dinner theater where you're put at medieval-ish tables-ish. Like, the, 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 the best-dressed employee is not dressed as the worst-dressed Renfair goer. You know, it's almost paper gowns and shit. But you've got a jousting thing downstairs, and they're beating each other up with blunted swords, and you're sitting kind of around this arena thing, and you have little goblets that hold about 3.2 ounces of wine, um, and they're like quarter-inch thick lead fucking goblets, unless they've changed all this. They might have changed all this. But it was still a fun experience. And so it was a dinner theater of sorts, a themed dinner theater with the same practice show over and over and over. Ed, you've been to this before, yeah? No, not as I Really? I think it's fun to experience one time. Um, is it a great yeah, experience? I already, saw, I already saw A Knight's Tale, so... Mm. I wonder if they stepped up their game since Knight's Tale. And also, <laughs> I don't think they realize, because they're coming out in like partial chain and partial uh, plate, and I'm like, that's not medieval. You're heading into <laughs> Renaissance there. <laughs> and it's great that you pulled out a horse that shit on the floor in front of everybody while we're eating, but <laughs> let's talk about barding, because you only got a piece of cloth over that. If you're coming out with a... So, yeah, w- with any bit of knowledge, you have to roll it back to cartoon experience. Well, since that's a dead topic, you want to talk about eating <laughs> at a strip bar? Which I've heard great things about this, but I've had no desire wow. to go... Ed, you look confused. <laughs> they have food at strip bars? Yeah, apparently there's like full buffets, especially at the lunch ones. Oh, Nova man, jumps in. That. Nova has been a bit since I've seen you. Good to see you. I'm sorry. What I've been missing out. Yeah, it, you can go to a lunch buffet at a strip bar. And uh, from what I hear, they're actually usually <laughs> pretty decent. Andrea used to be a cook at a strip bar. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, uh, oh, oh, Nova's, oh. Uh, Nova's in Portland, which I understand is uh, somewhat of a mecca for strip joints. <laughs> it, it, Kevin, hold that thought. Mecca, Portland, Andrea. Okay, God, I got to start with Flaming Bird. Eating what at a strip bar? That's what I like to hear on the tavern. That's right. I'll raise a glass to that. I'll toast to that. <laughs> and I'll also toast Cavlon. Uh, That's why I bits. thought I was missing out. Because, you hey. know, I... Got up on the bar one time, and they pushed me away and told me that wasn't allowed. So, <laughs> um, Andrea also mentioned. Um, let me scroll up here. I would like to go to dinner theater thing on a train. Now, for any of you that don't know, there are two specific type of train things that pop in the mind here. First of all, they have a murder mystery dinner theater on a train. They also have a steampunk experience on a train. Both of them are within a couple hours drive of me. They cost about $80, $90, which when you're broke, that sounds like a lot. When you're making even kind of the break-even $35,000 a year, that's not bad. That's worth it. Because to spend $100 to $200 for, yes, Kev? 
Uh, they're not doing it this year, but there's a short stretch of um, steam railway here on the island. We've been on it. Uh, and it's very nice. Yeah, and uh, they uh, they used to do uh, breakfast with Santa. Mm. So they have like a little buffet car that they'd attach and um, they, they'd cook the food up in there, serve breakfast to everyone in the seats on the train from the buffet car and then strip the buffet car down. And when the train came back in the opposite direction, the buffet car became Santa's grotto. His grotto? Hmm. That doesn't sound fancy. Yeah. Sounds like a small cave where he's like in a thong and a long red robe with white fur going, hey, come on in, kid. Scratching their Christmas wish lists on the cave wall with a bit of ochre. <laughs> Another kid wants mammoth this year. To the tune of Alice Cooper's Welcome to My Nightmare, Santa sings Welcome to My Grotto. <laughs> um... Uh. <laughs> God damn it. Now i got to back up. Where the fuck were we with stuff? <laughs> we were eating in strip clubs, which has always confused me. Like, I mean, if I'm hungry, I, I don't know. I would like the concept of trying to eat a sandwich with someone's ass three inches from my face. So I'm like, yeah. I don't that, know. Am I missing something here? I couldn't some do it. I'm experience. I take the bite out of the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly. Suddenly. Come for the kielbasa, stay for the fruit salad. Hold on. Nova November just said, hi, everyone, from the porn capital of the U.S. Wait a minute. You're in St. Albans, West Virginia? Oh, wait. That's a crappy strip bar capital of the U.S. Flaming Bird says he can't choose between eating an ass and a sandwich. It's an ass witch. That's a waste of bread. <laughs> it wasn't bread. Don't, don't. It was meat filled. <laughs> meat filled. <laughs> We're going to listen to Ed right now. <laughs> the <bell is> red. <laughs> Priority says John of Conquest Publishing. Hmm. <laughs> God damn it. Where were... Okay. Benihana. Fondue. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. How many of us have been to one of those kids' animatronic robot places that serve pizza and video games and cake? Oh, God. No. Joe says it's even harder to tell the difference if the sandwich is Nutella. <laughs> <laughs> My God, Joe! Was, oh. That was another crepe. That was another crepe joke. <laughs> Flaming bird, and yes, yes, it was a sub. Oh. <laughs> <coughs> um, right. Um, my tummy feels funny. Chuck E. Cheese. Ed, ever been to one? Nope. Kevin, ever been to anything like no, this? I, okay. No. You both understand what they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Dave and Buster's is an adult version of this. Video game arcade. You can buy alcoholic drinks, real meals, etc. I wouldn't mind seeing that go a step further and have a karaoke stage instead of the animatronic. By the way, the animatronics are so fucking creepy. Five Nights at Freddy's hit it 
on the head. Um, Jules says a Chuck E. Cheese here in Raleigh, North Carolina has one of the best chicken sandwiches. Um, oh, just oh. the one, one like in a glass presentation case. Now, <laughs> Andrea says never have the salad buffet at the kids' places. Saw a kid pick his nose and put it in the salad dressing. And then she mentions they sell beer, and Jewel is like, you can get drunk at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> cool. I'm just saying an adult Chuck E. Cheese would be okay. Given what I know about the concept of Chuck E. Cheese, the opportunity to get drunk would not only be an attraction, but I think for me, probably a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Chris here, uh, Cavalon says, last holiday party was at Dave & Buster's. We had karaoke. Dave & Buster's was where I had my last holiday party also. And I, I would love a karaoke or a live band, one or the other, not both, because it gets awkward and it turns into a really ghetto version of uh, West Side Story. It's just not pretty. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Except all the white people are snapping out of beat. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a applause of with very each small other people. as well as the band. Yeah. Um. <laughs> God damn it! I have more to add. Ed, come up with a topic with this. What are we doing? I, I, I'm still eating my sandwich at the at the uh, strip bar. <laughs> that man has stamina, mental and physical, right there. Mm-hmm. Most people stop for a sandwich. Ed's halfway through a buffet. <laughs> a butt fay. Um, Jonathan says asking adults to get out of the ball pit is awkward, especially when it's in my pants, Jonathan. Um, Kavlon says, I mean, when you get a bunch of theater nerds together, that's all karaoke is bad renditions of show tunes. Chris, this is why I do Twitch Sings here on my Twitch channel, why aren't you there getting drunk and doing bad karaoke renditions of show tunes? It's what I do. Ask anybody. All three people who survived. Okay. I have been to a Benihana once. That's the Japanese steakhouse where they... Ed's been twice. Where they cooked at the table. Matter of fact, with Kavlon, Chris there, and Andrea Lachat. Um, I have been to a dinner theater once. I've been to a Chuck E. Cheese once. I'm seeing a pattern here. Um, <laughs> I've been to a fondue place once. I've been to Dave and Buster's once. <clears throat> Hold on. We're going to jump over to Jonathan. He says, so I have a question. Jukebox or live music at a bar? It depends on the kind of bar. Yeah. And well, and it depends on the band. It's true. Uh, yeah, if 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 the band sucks, I'd rather listen to the jukebox. Unless if, if the band's unless good, if it's an Irish pub and dancing. Well, oh, okay. Well, I mean, then you can have a band that sucks and still have a good time. True, because I'm just drinking. Right. Go on. But I like to shake my thing every now and then, so I want the band to be good, so I can shake. My every thing. time I go over to his house, he insists I shake his thing too. Yeah. Yeah, he's yes. like, it's not true, safe true to shake story. hands. Hold this. Mm-hmm. Hold and I'm this. like, great. We still have a six-foot distance. This is awkward. Yeah. It's not safe ahead. Here, take this. 
<laughs> Don't go alone. Take this. Take it all. <laughs> you get that lit yet? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> For everybody on the podcast, that's me. That clicking noise is me trying to light my pipe. Frantically trying to light your pipe. Travis, it comes to all of us at this time in our life. Eventually, you just can't get your pipe going no matter how hard you try. No matter how hard you try. <laughs> Andrea says, I went to a bar that had a 50s type band and a burlesque dancer. That was fun. That does sound fun. And I have been to a lot of Irish pubs that had live music. <clears throat> and generally, they are fun. If they're singing Irish folk music, you know, Renfair music for some folks, whatever you want to call it. If they have enough personality, they don't have like like talent can go down as you have personality and good time. Sure. No, it's best if it levels off. But yeah, it's uh Clancy Brothers. Ed, you know who they are, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the few people that does. I'm almost disappointed at how many people don't know who the Clancy Brothers is. They're not all that talented. But they're one of the most awesome Irish pub band type music out there. Because they had so much fun and personality with it. People think of the Chieftains. I'm like, eh. Yeah, They're sure. talented. Hugely talented. But not a lot of oomph to them. Not a lot of power. Not a lot of personality. By the way, uh, if you're in like Redneckville, Illinois, jukebox. Don't get a live band. That's when you suddenly have a scene from the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Oh, Andrea mentions drag shows at bars are fun, and they absolutely are. I'm worried about drag shows with the current societal trend. I'm wondering if drag shows, because of societal pressure, are going to disappear. You think they'll come out of fire, come under fire from the... I'm, su- I'm surprised they haven't already. Really? And what, yeah. I, what I... Here's what I'm saying. I grew up with before it was LGBT, let alone any extra initials, I had friends who I supported just as being a fucking friend because I didn't care. Um, and once drag queens cross-dressing transgender and it progressed, I had friends, I still have friends who have been co-hosts on the show, etc., and been supportive. But when it turns angry and they start attacking other people because they don't see the world exactly as they do, suddenly I get a little scared. And this will go, I don't care if you're fucking Republican, Democrat, Christian, Wiccan, transgender, gay, straight, whatever. When you see the world as an extreme and nothing else matters or can be right, That shit's scary. Yeah. Oh, Jonathan, really? Did drag in college? Nice. Yeah, I love a good drag show. I have seen somebody... I was a stripper in college. Were you a stripper in college, Ed? Mm -hmm. You want to tell that story real quick? Was there dinner Um, involved? um, Well, I was a stripper when my ex-wife was in college and I lived in a college town. Uh, some girls I worked with needed a stripper for uh, a bachelorette party. And I said something jokingly in passing. They came to me the next day and was like, 
hey, we'll pay you 50 bucks plus tips. And 50 bucks was a lot of damn money back in 1985. So <laughs> yeah, it was. I did it. And they told two friends and they told two friends and so on. And so I did <laughs> Which it a lot more. Which is also a 1985 reference for anybody that doesn't remember. <laughs> 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 it was a commercial for a hair product, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, by the way, here here's for Jonathan. Playing Pretty Woman. Okay, that's enough of that. Oh. <clears throat> um, drag shows are definitely entertaining. I have seen drag queens do a cartwheel in six-inch fucking platform shoes and stiletto heels. Fucking incredible. Um, anybody who hasn't experienced it, find some place to experience it. It's worth it. And anybody who's like, well... I, I, I don't know. Just go. Trust me. They're going to talk to you. Then they're going to leave you to fuck alone. Go have a good time and experience something you can't experience anywhere else. Hmm. Andreas has got hired years ago to be a photographer at a drag pageant. The costumes, makeup, choreography, amazing. And by the way, let me say, because we only got a couple minutes left in this episode. Welcome to the tavern. This is how it goes. We go from Chuck E. Cheese to drag shows. <laughs> to eating ass. Yeah, yeah. We go from flambe to eating ass. Because that's how tangents work in toast topics and tangents. Is that party at my house? This, it does. <laughs> You're not wrong. This is how we keep Kevin, who's been awake for like 16 hours after working a full shift. This is how we keep him engaged. <laughs> keep mentioning strippers and ass about every three minutes or so throughout the show just to keep my interest from waning. <laughs> and he ends up with electrical work and a small farm animal. <coughs> <coughs> okay. Here's what I'm going to say. I, I mentioned earlier, I've, I've been to fondue. I've been to a Chinese or a Japanese steakhouse. I've been to dinner theater i've been to chuck e cheese i've not been on the train with the dinner show with the murder mystery i'd love that <clears throat> and i've enjoyed I, i've enjoyed each one of them for very different reasons and i don't want to see any of them go away there's not been a single one even medieval times that i went this shit shouldn't exist by the way Cogsley just threw in there for our moderators for your all your kind of interactions we raise a glass to you here's to you Andrea, all our other moderators that are fucking kicking ass, keeping the conversation going, here's to you. You guys make here's this incredible thing. And I've enjoyed each and every one of them. I've enjoyed five-star fine dining. <laughs> have, you got, have you got their permission? To, were you still talking about the moderators there? Or? <laughs> <laughs> one of them in particular. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, he did say fine dining. Mm, yeah, it is. Mm, damn fine. Well, I'll raise a glass to Andrea. <laughs> to quote Lay Miz, raise it up her ass. <laughs> and Chris posted a picture of some kind of blemished orc butt with a kiss on it. <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Nova. Doing that cheer for the mods. 
Um, hey. So some closing thoughts on this before I do the wrap up. I've enjoyed all these different things and I want to see them all exist in their own place. Ed, what about you? What's your thoughts on this to recap, oh, reiterate? I, I, I have season? to agree with you completely. I, I've enjoyed all of it. Dinner the- theaters have been my most favorite. I've only done it four times. Dinner theaters, that is. Four times. Um, they've <laughs> been my clarifying. most favorite. Unfortunately, they have died off around the area. They're, we have one disappearing. here. Do you really? Yeah, probably. Uh, it's probably a thirty-five minute drive from here. And okay, the closest one to us used to be forty minutes. It's gone now, and it's a historic theater. Wait a minute, an hour and a half. Okay, well, maybe we'll have to have you down here. You can crash here, bring your camper, or sleep indoors, whichever, and go to dinner theater, drink a little around a you, fire in the backyard. Kev, if you guys ever come to the UK again, there's an amazing one in London that's a circus-themed one where the uh, the um, act pop up from the middle of your table and out of secret doors in the wall and stuff while nice. you're dining. Want to do that? Ed, it's not a dinner theater, but about 30 minutes from Ed, there is a replica of the world, the the Globe Theater, William Shakespeare's Globe Theater, where they do... Uh, t- up Staunton? Is that the one uh, you're talking about? Somewhere there on 81, yeah. just north of <laughs> 66. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... uh. Kevin, closing thoughts on this? I think, uh, yeah, if you've never experienced anything like this, go and give it a try, even if you think it sounds tacky. Because sometimes, you know, a little bit of drama, a little bit of show and theatre along with a dining experience can make it, you know, rather than just nipping out for food, an experience, you know, something to be enjoyed on a different level. And when Kevin says that, I will encourage you to try all of it from fine dining and spending 50 to $75 a plate if you can afford it, straight down to Chuck E. Cheese. Give them all a chance. Experience them all. They're all different experiences and levels. Um, I'm checking the mailbag here. Here's what I'd love. Talk of the tavern show at gmail.com. Would each of you please send me an email with topics you'd like to hear us discuss? Topics you'd oh, like yeah. to hear That'd us awesome. talk about during the show, whether you're listening to the podcast or the live show, drop me a quick one-line email, <clears throat> talkofthetavernshow at gmail.com. Let me know what you'd like to hear. Also, you want to wish somebody birthday wishes? <clears throat> Tell them you love them. Tell them you hate them. Fucking put it up there. We might read it out on air. I don't guarantee that shit because you're a tacky little fucker. But uh, there's a good chance we actually will because uh, we like you. Don't forget to check out the other podcasts, such as Stealing for Survival, the medieval fantasy role-playing game. takes place in the world where I write novels, such as the Portal series and the Downfall series, and Write Night, where we talk about the creative process across the board. I want to thank all you incredible, especially that little ghosty anonymous juror who threw bits, everybody who subbed tonight, subscribing to be particular in case Ed gets a woody out of this, or eats a sandwich out of this. It's right between the two buns. Uh, the folks have picked up the merchandise tonight, the t-shirts, the hoodies, the pint glasses, and all that, as well as the host raids and the beautiful people who support us on Patreon, like Triple U and Ethan Strauss, and the others who have monthly subscriptions on PayPal, like Musical Wizardry and Berta and others. We are done with tonight. Let's get the hell out of here. You people are awesome. <laughs> 
And make sure you join us yeah, for you the are. next episode. We're out. Thanks for joining us in the discussion shenanigans tonight. You are the one thing that makes the show what it is. Don't forget to join us at the tavern next week. Until then, and have fun. Keep oh, you closing toast. And be good to one another. We'll get a now, quote. Raise your glass in good cheer. Enjoy the small moments every day and steamy dreams every night. There you go. You can't struggle against life. You can only go with it and hope to direct it. Jack Tucker, Journal of a Stranger, one of my books. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided exceptional care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to give children and healthcare heroes a reason to believe this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org slash holiday. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now, Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the 8-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today.